Yes, this is Ponder with me, Rob Weinberg. This year, 2020, marks the 250th anniversary of one of the greatest composers, in some people's opinion, the greatest composer who ever lived, Ludwig van Beethoven. And if you're in any doubt whether you've heard his music, well, he's the genius who composed this. And this... Beethoven's music is all the more remarkable because of the fact that he became profoundly deaf, and yet he still continued to create compositions of outstanding power and beauty. Someone who's made something of a career out of his personal passion for Beethoven's music is the much-loved British TV and radio presenter John Suchet, whose weekday morning show on Classic FM means that John can share his enthusiasm for Beethoven and other composers with millions of listeners. John's written no fewer than seven books about Beethoven, including novelising the composer's life in a trilogy. A special updated 250th anniversary edition of his book, Beethoven, The Man Revealed, is soon to come out. I've been talking to John Suchet and asking him how this love of Beethoven began. At school, when all my friends were into pop music and rock and roll was just beginning, I was into Tchaikovsky's symphonies. I was a bit geeky, I know, but I was, and I loved classical music. Beethoven came along a little bit later. I was probably in my early to mid-twenties, and I've often thought about this. I cannot pinpoint the single moment that I became fascinated by his music it sort of crept up on me and then it just took me over and of course what I knew which is probably the only thing that most people know about him apart from da 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 dum is that he's the one who went deaf and then I thought well how did he write such glorious music when he was losing his hearing well we know one answer and that is that he didn't start to lose his hearing until his mid-twenties, by which time he was already the most promising young musician in the city of Vienna, the capital city of music. So it wasn't as if he was born deaf and had never heard what music sounded like. But the frustration that he must have felt, as he said himself, at losing the one sense which in me should be more acute than in anyone else. And yet he was losing it. And I became fascinated by his music and... If you know nothing about Beethoven's life, nothing at all, the music will still transport you. But if you know what's going on in his life, you do listen to his music through different ears. Because in my view, Beethoven puts his life into his music. 
Is it music that you think people need to grow into? Because I feel like at different times of people's lives, you kind of resonate with different music, don't you? So yes. So does it require a kind of depth of life experience to well, really appreciate it? I think that's true, but I wouldn't overstress that because, you know, as a very young man, I started listening to his late quartets, which are reckoned to be, in that form, certainly the most intense and incredible string quartets anyone has ever written you don't have to be an elderly man to listen to them and enjoy them and admire them but it does help to know something about his life when you listen to his music so you can be a teenager but if you know that the late quartets are the ultimate expression of his deafness as he withdraws into himself he withdraws from society he withdraws from other musicians he's now isolated in his own deafness if you know that you will appreciate them in a different sort of way and you don't have to be in your 50s as he was when he wrote them to appreciate them but it does help to know i think what's going on in his life To what do you account his genius? Because like so many other great composers, he started young, didn't he? Yes, he did indeed. I mean, how do you account for Beethoven's genius? How do you account for Mozart's genius? It's one of those gifts, isn't it? And they suffered for their genius, these great composers. We know that Mozart was almost childlike in the way he behaved. Beethoven needed his friends to look after him. His table manners, I know it sounds a bit prosaic, but his table manners were so dreadful that his favourite restaurants would keep a little table at the back of the room just for him so he didn't upset other customers. His clothes were ill-fitting, in need of repair. He didn't care what he looked like. He was once famously arrested because a policeman saw him gazing into people's windows after dark. He had on an ill-fitting overcoat tied up with a piece of string and the policeman arrested him as a vagrant, as a tramp. Put him in the local nick and he kept insisting he was the famous Beethoven. And the policeman apparently came out with a famous quote, which I can't repeat in German, but something like, if you're Beethoven, I'm a Dutchman's uncle, or the equivalent to that. Beethoven insisted on him getting the local musician who was head of music in this village out of bed in the middle of the night, who came to the police station and said, oh my God, it is Beethoven. So, you know, they paid for their genius. They didn't live lives like you and I live. We don't have that genius, but we do live more normal lives. <laughs> one of the pieces that Beethoven's best known for, and is one of the most important pieces, is the Ninth Symphony yes. with its Ode to Joy. It comes across that Beethoven was very humane. He had a very universal humanitarian outlook. That's true. And that's also in his opera Fidelio. Yes. Where, where would he have got that from? Yes, and it's in his third symphony, the Eroica, which was originally he was dedicating to uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and he wrote Napoleon's name on the title page. Then he was told Napoleon had declared himself emperor and he shouted, ah, he's just a tyrant like the rest of them, famously scratched the name off the title page. He was born and brought up in Bonn in Germany hundreds of miles away from Vienna, which was the capital city of music and the capital city of the Holy Roman Empire where the Habsburg emperor ruled. It was a kind of outpost of empire. And when he was around 12 years of age, his father did the one useful thing he only ever did for his son. He employed a brilliant teacher 
Now this teacher was a Protestant from outside Bonn and yet he settled in Bonn which was a Roman Catholic town and he secured the job of court organist because as I say they were hundreds of miles from Vienna so employing a Protestant was fine but this man Christian Gottlob Nefer took on the young boy as a pupil and I think filled his mind with revolutionary ideas told him about what was happening in France how people were really getting fed up with the monarchy and the aristocracy and we all know what that led to a few years later and the difference between Protestantism and Catholicism and this man Nefer joined the Illuminati, which became a proscribed organization for its revolutionary views. Now you can imagine a 12-year-old boy in the small confines of a music room listening and admiring and absorbing the views of his teacher. And I believe Nafer instilled in him political ideas of humanity, equality of man that stayed with him all his life and that he poured into his music. someone is discovering Beethoven for the first time what's the way in yes well <laughs> don't be frightened so many people have said to me oh Beethoven no that's not for me just listen to Furelise the little bagatelle that he wrote which is the most famous piece of piano music ever written by anyone ever in the history of the world it's dead easy have a listen to his first and second symphonies have a listen to his first and second piano concertos before the deafness has really started to take hold but even when it has taken hold we, we get his heroic phase i love his middle quartets the razumovsky quartets are so accessible For me, though, I must mention his piano sonatas. 35 of them. If you've got a full set, you've probably got a full set of 32. He wrote three when he was 13, and they must be included as well. 35 piano sonatas is the only form of music that he composed in without a serious break right through his life. To me, they are his life story, his autobiography. Don't be put off by the word sonata. It's just one of those words. Listen to his piano pieces, all 35 of them. They are so accessible. Every single emotion you can think of, all those emotions are there. Listen to, I hate to use the word chamber music because people think, oh, it's not for me. Listen to some of his early chamber music pieces. They're lively and juvenile and joyful and lovely. I particularly love one of his works that's very rarely performed. It's his triple concerto. Solo, violin, cello and piano and orchestra. Rarely performed, but you've got to hire three really good soloists for a start and that's costly. But it's the most accessible, lovely, I think the second movement is one of the loveliest things he ever wrote. But as I say, rarely performed. Don't be frightened. Don't be put off by the reputation Beethoven has. Just embrace his music and enjoy it. 
you've written seven books yeah. about Beethoven. Do you still find things new, oh. interesting, oh. unusual? Oh. I get hold of almost every new recording of the Eroica Symphony that comes out. You never know what you're going to hear. You hear different things all the time. One of the essential qualities of Beethoven's music to me is that he takes you by surprise. He breaks the rules. No one has started a symphony with two huge chords. No one has started a piano concerto with solo piano, like number four. No one has started the piano sonatas with a big chord, like the beginning of the pathétique. He does it differently, and however well you know his music, and I've listened to it... Um, thousands of times he takes you by surprise and that's what makes his music as fresh today as it was when he was written and can I just tell you two little stories about why Beethoven's music is important today the short answer to why is Beethoven's music important today is I have no idea but I can tell you two little stories when I was signing books after a Beethoven talk oh 20 years ago an elderly man came up to me and he said, I just want you to know, Beethoven saved my life, twice. And he walked away. I don't know how or why, but that story I can believe. And at around the same sort of time when I was first publishing on Beethoven, I got a letter from a chap in his 40s. His name was Neil Armstrong. That's why I remember his name, not that one. A British Neil Armstrong who wrote to me to say that when I was a teenager, I was 14 or 15 years of age, my brother, who was a soldier, was serving in Northern Ireland and he was killed. Six months later, my mum died. Only Beethoven's music got me through. How? Why? Well, I have no idea for him, but I can understand it 100%.